G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here on a Tuesday evening doing the Round 17 wrap-up. Another big week in the AFL fantasy world, saw some pretty thumping scores around the ground, some uh, coaches were in a little bit less than ideal scenario with their captain scoring zero, all of that I will dive into. Some others were luckily enough to choose correctly with Josh Dunkley, and uh, that swung them right up the rankings. So we saw just what happened with two players swung a lot of different matchups and a lot of different team scores, a couple of hundred points each way. So the season isn't done and dusted. It's important to remember there's still six weeks to go, and a lot can happen in six weeks. So without further ado, let me dive into the round 17 wrap up. talked briefly about the new dual positioners that were added with JLo on the Sunday sit-down. Make sure you give that a listen if you haven't done so already. But there's 12 new names who gained an extra status. The last batch of dual positioners added for this fantasy season. Not a hell of a lot relevant to talk about. There's a couple of draft things that might come into calculation like Jordan Lewis and Brett Deledio maybe. But a couple of popular bench players will be the ones that are talked about. Of course, I'm talking about Brett Bewley, Oscar Baker, and Nick Hind. All of those rookies added forward status. And much as we expected, Marbio Chol added ruck status as well. So that extra position could help you with your trades over the next couple of rounds. A lot of people will have traded out the likes of Bewley and Baker if they uh, already had the chance to do so. But if you're still holding on to them, they may earn a late season reprieve. So it's probably a good idea just to hold on to them and see if you can swing them around a bit. All right, my team in round 17 scored 2254. Pretty good score. I can't really complain about it. That's probably par for what my team's been dishing up recently. I had 17.50 exactly with five blokes left to go on Sunday, and the way that I usually like to track my scores is that I want each player to average out somewhere near 100, and that's exactly what happened on Sunday. So if I didn't pick Luke Shuey as my skipper, I probably would have happily averaged 100 across the board with a 2300 performance, but it wasn't meant to be. Defense was pretty solid. I traded in Shannon Hearn, who was a little bit less than ideal with a 77. Sicily kind of sucked with 64. Grant Birchall hurt his presence a little bit, but everyone else was good. I really don't want to trade out Sydney Stack. I love the man. Scored another 81. Brody Smith has kind of pushed through the tougher part of his schedule, so he should be good now. Scored an 84. And Laird and Lloyd are two of the top six defenders, so I think it's wise to hold on to them. I wouldn't be chopping any of them out or doing anything stupid. Had Noah Answorth on my bench, who I might look to downgrade this week, cash him in finally after a pretty average 36, but I'm sure come Thursday night something will uh, eventuate and I'll have to change my well-made trade plans in the midfield. Everyone apart from the bloke I traded in in Luke Shuey scored 100. Oh, with the exception of Nick Hind, who is still on my field. It has not been a great season for the large fries and coke. Anyway, McRae, Taranto, Trelaw, Duncan, business as usual. Special shout out to Nat Fife, who I gave a bit of a rocket last week, and he responded with one of the better scores of the round. Gaffey, a little bit less than ideal with 104, but that was a pretty tough fought-out game against the Pies, so I'm not too alarmed about the Eagles scoring a little bit less than what I would have liked. Nick Hind is still stuck on my field, and I've Kyle Dunkley and Brett Bewley on my bench, so I don't think I'll have enough money to try and chop Hind into something relevant at the moment, so I'll stuck with him for the time being. I might be able to now swap Jared Cameron onto my field. His 101 was 
pretty impressive in my forward line. I'll talk about them in a minute. To the Rucks, Brody Grundy just keeps getting it done. 129, Maxi Gorn 105. I'm glad that I held Gorn despite his huge break-even and all the buzz around him missing maybe more than one week. It worked out to be an alright gamble. Uh, sometimes they don't pay off, but that one certainly did. To the forwards, special shout-out to Patrick Dangerfield, who I think I'm going to put into my F1 spot right now, as I currently don't own Josh Dunkley. He's been getting it done recently, had some pretty good scores. Definitely a captain candidate this week as well. Boak, Billings, Kelly and Warple were all fine. And Jack Siebel scored 65, played a bit of time up forward, so that's slightly alarming, but it's a lower score of the season from memory, so you take that. He's been scoring pretty well before this. so And as I mentioned, I've got Jared Cameron on my bench. So I still have a couple of playing emergencies, which is good, and I'll keep prioritizing that. I'll only downgrade some of those blokes if there is someone who I like investing in, but we're getting to the pointy end of the season, so it's almost time where you can throw away a bench position if you've got a lot of playing emergencies, but if not, it's probably wise to keep the blokes that are still on the field. All right, I've mixed it up a little bit. Instead of calling this section injury issues, it's now titled Cloudy with a Chance of Carnage. So basically, these players that I'm going to talk about are in doubt for round 18 and maybe longer through injury or suspension issues. First one, very popular footballing name in Gary Ablett. He's got a bit of a hip complaint that could see him given the week off. It's better news for Taylor Adams after playing in the VFL. He looks ripe and ready to go for Collingwood. Could be an instant replacement for Scott Pendlebury, who injured his finger against the Eagles in that big win on last Friday night. And there is still some talk saying that he'll suit up against GWS, but he only underwent surgery a couple of days ago. So considering they're playing for much more than just four points in round 18, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a week. The injury news isn't so good for Nick Natanui. He has a syndomosis, syndomosis, something that is, uh, doesn't sound great, strain in his ankle. He's going to miss an indefinite period of time. So Nick Nat's now in a bit of a race to be fit for finals, which will really sting the Eagles' top four chances and maybe top two chances. But yeah, hopefully Nick Nat can get healthy for the finals run. Jesse Hogan is another bloke who's been injured for the last few weeks. He's a bit of an outside chance to play for Frio this weekend. There is... Better news with Nat Fife. He was banged up a little bit in the Hawks game and looked like he was going to have his afternoon ended early in the second quarter, but came back on, kicked three pretty impressive goals that quarter, so he should line up against Sydney. A couple of relevant rookies. Matthew Flynn, probably sitting on your ruck bench at maybe R3 or R4. He did his ACL in the NEFL on the weekend, so he's out for the rest of the year, which means we won't see a late-season debut for him. Less than ideal. We did get a late-season game into Hugh Goddard, but unfortunately, he suffered a fractured cheekbone in his game against the Swans. So there's no official timetable yet on what his uh, injury status will be. I think he'll miss a week or two, but we'll have to wait and see. If you've got him in your team, I don't think it's stupid to consider holding him. In fact, that's probably what I'd advise doing, unless maybe someone presents themselves as a viable trade candidate. Of course, though, I've skimmed over this injury issues, but I haven't talked about the biggest injury news of round 17, and that is Stephen Canelio. Went out onto the ground to play for the Giants and failed to record anything, recorded a zero, and then went off with a knee injury. So... It was believed that, or there was some rumours going around saying that Cogs might have done his ACL, but that isn't the case. However, he is still out for the rest of the 2019 fantasy season. Could maybe be a chance to play for the Giants in finals, depending on how far they go, but a cartilage tear in his left knee means that you have to trade 
him out of your classic side, drop him in your draft side. That really stung my uh, draft team as well on the weekend. So big news there with Cornelio. Maybe one of the other, or the only other real relevant name from a fantasy perspective is Anthony Miles. Could be in a lot of draft sides. He's been handed a one-week ban for a high hit on Riley Knight, so he'll miss next week, as well as Jordan Dawson, actually, who suffered a one-week ban as well. Fry's favourite five this week starts with a bulldog, funnily enough, named Josh Dunkley. Sent a message to the fantasy community against the Ds. He put up one of the best games of the season. There's been some pretty impressive numbers thrown around from Lockie Whitfield, Brody Grundy, Kelly Cornelio, some other giants, but Josh Dunkley's game last week was definitely one of the better ones this year. He had 39 touches playing against his brother, uh, 15 tackles and a pair of goals. 189 points he scored on the weekend. Pretty ridiculous. There were a lot of people that had him captain. There were a couple of other people who had him vice-captain and had Steve Cornelio captain, much like JLo. So spare a thought for those blokes, but could be worse. At least you have Dunkley in your side, unlike myself. His average in the last 10 games is now nearly at 130, which includes a 70-point game against Geelong. So it's pretty hard to comprehend what Dunkley's doing, but he is definitely the plus-five candidate for this week. Plus four goes to his teammate in Lockie Hunter, who scored the second highest score of the round, 154. He feasted on Melbourne as well. Has had a pretty impressive fortnight. He had 124 against Geelong the week before that as well. And his average is now back into triple figures. Priced at 660k, he's an interesting trade candidate. He's got three of his next four games at Marvel Stadium, and that's where he's played his last two games where he's gone over 120, so he could be someone that keeps posting some big numbers, so keep your eye on him. Toby Green flourished after Cornelio went down, scoring 144 on the weekend. He's averaged 100 in a season before, so Green might be someone that keeps putting up triple-figure scores. He's expected to pretty much slot, well, maybe not full-time into the Giants' engine room, but he'll see some more midfield minutes now that Kelly and Cornelio are out, and... He's only got one other score over 100 in his last 10 matches, but they have had a pretty full-strength side. So if you're looking for a forward bloke that you can take a punt on, Green is definitely one to consider. Someone who is barely owned in fantasy this season, and you can kind of blame his consistency for that, is Jared Lyons. He had his third score over 130 on the weekend for the season, so under 1% of coaches uh, own Jared Lyons, who has really been fantastic this year for Brisbane after turning, uh, coming over from Gold Coast. I don't really know why the Suns let him go for nothing. That's a decision that continues to baffle me. But, yep, well done, Jared Lyons. 140 on the weekend. Probably a bit too risky to take a punt on, but fantastic game in round 17. And the final plus goes to Brody Grundy. There were some bigger scores than Grundy's 129 on the weekend, but against a stereotypically stingy West Coast lineup. Grundy was enormous. He just continues to prove that he is the best player in fantasy in 2019. He's the highest point scorer, he's the most selected player, and he is a weekly reliable captain choice. So shout out to Brody Grundy for his big 129. It's easy to pick a negative five candidate to kick off the frustrating five this week. Angus Brayshaw's 44 is almost comical. I'm so glad that I traded him out last week. It's probably four weeks too late, but... There was a lot of people who are still stuck with Brayshaw. He only scored 44 points against the Dogs. Granted, there were some other Bulldogs who were feasting on the fantasy numbers, as I've already talked about, but oh, it took Brayshaw until the dying moments before halftime to even cross double figures. So there's a lot of people out there who are still stuck with Brayshaw. I think he's in about 12% of teams. So 
He does cost 577k right now. Can't get to a hell of a lot, but if you can move him on, I think it's smart to do so. Jack Zebel gets the negative 4 for his 65. I'm not too concerned, but it is a little bit alarming to see him spending some time forward. Hopefully, it doesn't happen again next week against Brisbane. I think Zebel has proven with the games that he's put up in the last month or so that he's a good fantasy player to have in your forward line. So, hopefully he can't Hopefully he can write the ship against Brisbane. If he keeps dropping some more stinkers, though, he might be on the block. Negative three goes to a bloke who I was partially considering trading in in the form of Braden Fiorini. He dropped his lowest score of the season on the weekend, which just shows how far Gold Coast is off the pace right now. It's weird to think that Fiorini was in top eight contention for midfield status at one point of the season, but he looks like a shell of his former high-scoring self at the moment. Not in many teams, and I wouldn't suggest targeting him at all either. Another bloke in a similar boat to Fiorini is Clayton Oliver. Only had 69 on the weekend, was also in top eight contention, and I thought he's someone who would find his mojo in the back half of 2019, but wasn't meant to be. There won't be many games where he's held to zero marks and 17 touches, but he does have some tough upcoming games, which means if you are an owner, it might be wise to consider other options, but if not, don't go looking at bringing him in. Finally, the neg one goes to Luke Parker. His huge 157 that he had against Hawthorne off his bye made a lot of people tempted, and I was someone that was looking at bringing him in around the bye period. Luckily, I didn't know, because since that big score against the Hawks, he's got a three-round average under 90, which has turned off most of the people who were interested in him. Still capable of some big numbers, but these yo-yo types of outings just make it hard to see him clog up a valuable midfield spot. Time for some trade tactics. Blokes to look at trading in. Now, a lot of the fantasy stars of the game own pretty daunting price tags right now. Dunkley is over 850. Lockie Whitfield, he's sitting at about 780, 790 from memory. So I'm all about chasing some value in the run home. Hopefully you can get someone for the next two to three weeks that can help you turn them into Dunkley or Whitfield. But yeah, if not, these blokes should at least keep trending upwards for the rest of the season. Two midfielders that fit this bill include the aforementioned Lockie Hunter, 659 he costs you, so he's still very gettable. Someone who's about 70 grand or 60 grand cheaper is Mark Murphy. Had 119 on the weekend and strung some decent performances together, and both of them have pretty favourable fixtures in the next two weeks, so I like the looks of both of them. Murph's teammate Nick Newman could be a defense target. 626 grand he'll set you back and could be someone that you want to grab to get your last rookie off the field in defense. If you've got a bit of money, maybe you've held on to someone like Lowe or in a similar position to me, Sydney Stack, so it doesn't cost you a hell of a lot to go to Newman. The ball could be at the other end of the ground a lot against the Suns, but I feel like Newman will keep pushing not only through the halfback flank but up onto a wing, so he's someone to consider. Speaking of the Suns, one bloke who's not really getting talked about and could be a chance to come into a couple of sides is Darcy McPherson. 108 he had on the weekend, which is pretty impressive considering they lost by, I don't know if it was triple figures, but it was close to 100 points. He's only got one score under 90 in his last nine games, so there were some lopsided defeats amongst that. So McPherson at 620 grand is someone maybe worth considering. Toby Green's another bloke for 40 grand less that could come into calculations if you want to roll the dice to save some money. Had 144 on the weekend. As I mentioned, he hasn't had many fantastic scores in the lead-up to that, but with a roll change, he could be very relevant in the run home. For the rookies, I still think Oliver Hanrahan is the bloke atop 
the list of rookie targets. He does have a bit of an inflated price tag now at 257, but a couple of back-to-back good scores make him definitely a target. Thanks to the new dual positioners, you might be able to reach and get one of these downgrade midfield blokes like Josh Noble or Kyle Dunkley even. Don't know if they're going to hold their spot in their respective sides, but if they do, they're fine downgrade targets for your bench. I think it's wise to grab the extra cash and snap one of them up over going for someone like Ian Hill or Tyson Stengel. They do cost a little bit more and they did score a little bit better than the other two I've already mentioned, but I think Dunkley and or Noble is where I'd advise you to steer your trades. Trade out blokes for the second consecutive week, an injured giant takes priority. Stephen Cornelio, you could maybe go for one of those cheaper targets that I've already talked about, like Murphy or Hunter, although the allure of landing a big fish like Dunkley or Whitfield is nice too, depends on what your second trade is, I guess. There aren't many other premiums in the firing line, but I'll tell you what, Dustin Martin would want to reward his owners sooner rather than later. He had an 80 on the weekend, had a pretty average score the week before that from memory, so I think he's someone that you can keep in your sides, but you might want to keep an eye on his performances. <laughs> I've already talked a bit about Angus Brayshaw. He's Worth 577 now, so I don't really know if trading him out is a smart move, but it only costs you like 20 grand to get to Mark Murphy, who could keep scoring well, has a lower break even, and will probably just help you sleep better at night. Defenders lead the rookie trade out candidates. There's three blokes who take priority if you still own them in the form of Xavier Dersma, Marty Hoare, and Griffin Lowe. The latter two, I think, are more pressing trade out targets, but Dersma is no certainty to make Port Adelaide's round 18 team after being dropped last week. He didn't play in the Sample either, so he should return to their senior side. But if he misses again, I think it's wise to send him packing. I've already spoken about keeping Hugh Goddard. I think that's the route to go down. But other blokes like Oscar Baker, Brett Bewley, and even Matthew Parker in your forward line, if they fail to get a berth in round 18, I think flicking them on is a fine move. Now to talk about waiver wire watch. There's plenty of viable draft additions that could be made who have low ownership this week. So some diamonds in the rough are out there to tempt you for the run home. One of my favourite picks this week is Hunter Clark. Had pretty much a career game against the Cats. 119 he dropped with just 7% of ownership for the Saints defender. So I like the looks of him. Don't go expecting a near 120 every week, but he's a fine bloke to target. The new... Dual position additions for Jordan Lewis and Brett Deledio also make them tempting. Jordan Lewis now with defense and midfield. He's in about 30% of teams, scored a 60 on the weekend, so that might give you some depth. Similar with Deledio, who's now a mid-forward. Having those veterans in your side could help you for your draft finals campaign. Up forward, I do like the likes of Shy Bolton and Linton McCarthy. Probably McCarthy over Bolton, but Bolton has gone back-to-back 110 plus scores. He's only in 5% of teams, but McCarthy, a little bit higher owned in 11% of teams, but dropped an 89 on the weekend and is someone that I would look at considering. Nick Nat bowing out to injury and with Nathan Vardy still being sidelined means that if you need a Ruckman, Tom Hickey could be your guy. He's in 30% of draft sides, only scored 58 on the weekend and has been notably putting up lower time on ground percentages recently, but He'll have to shoulder the brunt of West Coast's ruck duties for the next, close to the next month. So I think he's a fine addition to consider as well. Before I wrap this up, my moves, I'm pretty stuck with what to do this week. I'm starting to uh, lose the passion, although I'm still focused purely on getting inside the top 10,000 for the round. I think, actually, 
I'll provide a Sports by Fry League update at the end, but I know that my position in the uh, standings keeps sliding. I think I'm going to look at doing a double downgrade purely because, like I've said before, I can't really turn anyone on my field rookie-wise into a noteworthy player. I could look to move on Sydney Stack, but the best I could maybe get is Christian Salem or Nick Newman. So it might be time for me to get rid of Answorth and maybe Bewley if he doesn't play get someone like Hanrahan and Josh or John Noble rather if he holds his spot in the sides and then that gives me nearly 200 grand to hopefully throw on top of Nick Hind next week and make a big midfield upgrade. Before I leave, like I said, let me give a quick Sports by Fry update on the uh, league ladder. There's a couple of pretty good teams in this league, I tell you what. At the top we've got Adrian who's 45th in the competition. I am uh, personally sitting at a comfortable 97th, but it is what it is. Like I said, my season hasn't really gone according to plan. There's a couple of other teams in the league in the top thousand. There's about seven or eight of them. So hopefully those guys in the league can keep pushing up. Good luck to everyone in that league for the rest of the year. I want to realistically finish in the top... Uh, I don't think the top half is... Uh, within striking range, so I don't know. I'm just going to try and aim to move up every week moving forward. So hopefully I don't get dealt anything uh, curveballish on Team Selection Thursday night. I'll be recording my podcast talking about Team Selection when that does roll out. Tomorrow as well you can check out another Dream Team Talk Cash Cows piece. It's starting to thin out with reliable rookies and with all these injuries coming. Hopefully we can see some more debutants to end the year, but... I'm not going to hold the breath. So that's going to do it for another round wrap-up. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck in round 18 and for the rest of the season. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for more episodes. But until next time, peace. Peace.